Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role that joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 96. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week, I'm super excited to have Sarah Shuttle joining me on the show. She is the heart and soul behind Verity Road and the website Girl Untold. She's a brand stylist from England who spent her 20s recovering from alcoholism, anorexia, binge eating, and self-harm. She dove deep into healing and fell in love with graphic design. In her own words, creating visual stories led me out of darkness and into life. This week, she shares about her journey in finding her voice, how to get past perfectionism, and getting past external expectations. Sarah's lens is to see the crossroads of how these things tie in with your marketing and your personal life. And I just know you're going to love our conversation about all of it. Before we get to that, I am so glad that you are here. Thank you for tuning in this week and for joining me. As always, I publish show notes for each episode that include links to the guest's website, additional references, and some of my thoughts about the topics we discuss. You can find all the show notes about this discussion with Sarah at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 96. If you are loving this show and have been listening for a while, would you do me a huge favor and share it with just one person that you know and who you think would like the Jumpstart Your Joy podcast? I'd love it if you'd share the joy with someone else and send them the link so that they can listen too. It's always so much fun to share joy with people we love. If you like what you hear and you want to subscribe, you can find Jumpstart Your Joy on iTunes and TuneIn or Stitcher. To find the show, you you can just search for Jumpstart Your Joy and then click on the cover art to see the full listing of episodes. You can listen to any of the shows there on TuneIn or iTunes and be sure to hit subscribe so you can automatically get each new episode delivered as it's released on Tuesday mornings. And if you're looking for ways to bring more joy into your life, I invite you to sign up for my free Joy Plus You Unleashed e-class where I walk you through easy ways to find room for joy in your everyday. So without further ado, let's get on to the show with Sarah Shuttle. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. Today, we have an interview with Sarah Shuttle. Sarah, welcome to the show. I am so glad you are here. Hi, Paula. Thank you for having me. So would you like to share what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? As a child, I was very much imaginative, very creative. And I always used to just love getting lost in my own world you know, making up stories or riding around on my bike on my own. My mum used to say that I could, you know, entertain myself for hours. <laughs> so that yes. was definitely, you know, being by myself, but just letting the imagination play out was a huge source of joy for me. Yes. I love that too. Just how like even blocks could become an entire city or a forest was a magical garden or whatever it was. It's always yeah. so... So cool. Would you like to share a little about what you do now 
and who you are in the world? Yeah, I used that imagination that I always had as a child. And now I use that to design brands and websites for female entrepreneurs. And I love being able to, you know, get my creativity just in all these different ways. That is wonderful. Yeah. And it's so cool. So many guests and people kind of when they look back at that through line of like, what did they love as a child? And now what do they love? You can often see that there is that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know when you reached out, I was so excited to hear from you and learn about you that you said you had a bit of a journey to get to this place now where you work with creative people and finding and figuring out their brand and how to market themselves. Would you like to give us some background on what your journeys look like. Absolutely. So surprisingly, although I was very creative as a child and then I was obviously creative now, I stepped away from that. And so when I went to school, I found I was academic and I kind of got carried away by the academic system. And I found while I was good at it, I put this huge amount of pressure on myself. And I found that in the end, it kind of got to the point when I couldn't cope And I have struggled with um, alcoholism and addiction, eating disorders. When I went to university, my my life just kind of spiraled down until it imploded. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's hard. I mean, anybody that hits those spots in their life, and I imagine so many people have, right? But one, it's scary to talk about it. So I want to say thank you so much for bringing your voice to it and making it a part of who you are and and that you share it with people. Yeah, I I think it's important that, you know, we kind of smash those stigmas about who can suffer with these things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's typically, I'm probably one of the last people you would have ever thought would have ended up, you know, an alcoholic by the age of 20, Mm -hmm. being the good girl. And I was never, you know, a rebel or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) It's so interesting. I mean, because my own journey of kind of even just finding my way to this podcast and my own creative expression was really kind of after the birth of my son. And I've shared this before, but, you know, being diagnosed with PTSD after like a really hard labor. And I mean, there's something in there, too. Not so much that that's tied into the good girl thing, or maybe it it kind of was. But like, how do, do I now, someone who seems outwardly so excited and joyful about most everything... How does someone reconcile maybe that thing inside themselves? I don't know if you kind of had that inner turmoil of like, I don't know what the outward expression is versus what's happening internally. Yeah, I mean, I was so good at wearing masks, you know, whoever I, you know, if you have different groups of people, I could put on a different face and I would, you know, fit in with each group, but I didn't know, you know, who I was and inside I was just crying. And I can relate to that because it feels like we always need to put on the brave face, even though maybe we don't. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things, you know, people could see through it more than I actually thought they could. Yeah, isn't that so true? And maybe, I don't know, I felt the, what, the dance around it myself of like, well, should we ask her about it? Like, <laughs> how do we broach this topic? Like, what do we say? How did you find joy again after you were in that space? When I was recovering and it, you know, it's taken me several times. I didn't just get sober straight away. It's been very much a, you know, one step forward, two steps back process. However, when I really wanted it for myself, it was, you know, important that I had all this time because I wasn't able to work at that point. 
but mm. I needed an outlet. I needed something that occupied me. And I, at that point, my concentration wasn't great. So I couldn't actually go back to academic studying. And I found with this free time that I would I'd teach myself some graphic design, just playing around. And I found I really enjoyed it. And, mm. you know, and it just took off from there. Yeah. I mean, was there something in there where you're like, yeah, I think I'd really like to draw or like, what was it that nudged you towards trying that out as something to do? I got started um, because I wanted to scrapbook some old pictures and I wanted to do it digitally. Mm. And I just found I used free software and, and just something about it just really captured. It just got all the creativity flowing again. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. I love that there's that kind of, the tiny nudge always fascinates me because I I feel like, is it ourselves? Is it something from the universe saying like, hey, why don't you just try this thing, right? Like, and it takes the tiniest saying, like the little saying of yes, to just go for it. Yeah, because I I never, you know, I never trained at school. I, I never studied art beyond what we had to do. And, you know, I never studied graphic design at school or anything like that. So it's not something that I naturally or if I had stayed on the path I was on that I would have, you know, thought of. Mm, I love that. I love that you said yes to it. And then probably yes again and again and again. And you allowed yourself to do it. Mm, Yes, I love it. As you started to look at that, I mean, I assume for me, I'd like to call that little thing, like kind of the inner joy advocate or whatever, like something woke up there and said, hey, give this a try. How did it proceed then from being this thing that you love to then something that you could do as your work or as your life's purpose? I found that I've always been the kind of person who challenges themselves. So I I wanted to, once I'd done one thing, think, you know, I thought, oh, I could never do X or Y. And then five minutes later, I'd be like, well, why don't I just try it, you know? <laughs> and then I would, I'd go, you know, one step further and one step further. And I'd met a lot of people through also creative writing. And it happened to be that some of these women also had jobs in creative industries. So, for example, photographers. And it was through that that I was sort of commissioned for my first piece of work. It's so great that then there's the community that comes around that thing that you love so much. Because I feel like that's so key to find other people that are doing what you're doing, especially if it's not something that maybe you were brought up doing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I w- clearly there was no podcasting when I was a child. So it's been <laughs> very instrumental in finding other people that love to do it because it's fun to share the joy of it. I don't know if you were thinking if someone is feeling stuck in some way, either in a hard space or just in some other way in their life, I don't know, what kind of advice would you give to them in finding their way out of that to something that feels more like a purpose or a center? I think the first step, and that's pretty much with everything, is to first of all accept where you are. Mm. I think a lot of us always try to struggle out of that. And the first step to actually getting out of it is to get say, okay, you know, this is where I am right now. And then it's about, can you change it? 
Or if not, can you change your attitude towards it? That's always where I start from. It's about trying new things, you know, to to then see, you know, what what really is your purpose? You know, you don't have to decide on one thing. It's great to, you know, just try things out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's been, I mean, a lot of the the multi-passionates, since I'm a professed one, I I seem to bring them in. It's one of those challenges of like feeling you know, coming from the specialist world of feeling like, oh, I've got to figure out the path, capital T, capital P there, but really embracing that there is an and and that you could make more out of several things. You don't have to focus on just one thing. I love that you brought that up too. And the change in attitude. (laughs) Yeah, mindset, it totally plays into it. Um, Absolutely. How did it come about that then you moved from this space of having, you know, a commissioned work and being in interested in design to making that then a business plan and something that you were going to do full-time? I got to the point I'd done sort of a few you know freelance jobs and it got to the point with my recovery that I could go back to work and I either it was kind of a jumping off point either I gave a business a proper business my you know full efforts you know abandon the fear or it was time to go out and get a proper job. <laughs> and <laughs> a proper job, you know what I mean? Um, it just, on paper, it was like, hey, here's, there's, you know, security, as much security as there could be, you know, in, a, in full-time employment, or there's the happiness that I find in what I do. And I realised I owed it to myself to at least try. And I imagine... There's probably a lot of nerves and excitement around that decision. How did that look for you? Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of contemplating. I put it, you know, to my partner because, you know, that it would impact our, you know, our journey and buying a house and everything like that. But ultimately, I, I couldn't not, you know, start this business. I just, but the the nerves and that's something I've really had to tackle the nerves the negative voice that all you know I've never like beaten them but I get better at dealing with them Mm, I think that's so key and something that comes up for a lot of creative folks is that it's not so much I mean what because the messaging is oftentimes like you know fight your fear and Mm. you know be fearless but I think the interesting thing that comes out when creative people share their journey is just what you said is around, no, you still feel it and you might still hear those negative voices, but that you've learned to be, I don't know, maybe is there a kindness or is it more selective listening or how do you kind of confront it? I think it's it's recognizing if it's, you know, if it is the negative voice, which a lot of the time it is. And, you know, that, accepting that it's not going to go away so not beating yourself up for having those thoughts you know it's just part of you know part of life (laughs) and then you know you can really start to counteract those thoughts with the positive and looking at actual evidence against what it's saying yeah and I think that's such a it's a beautiful place to be I mean it's never easy in my experience but it does get easier once you are familiar with working with that, the inner critic, as the coach circles might call it, but (laughs) whatever it is, (laughs) because it can be loud, so loud. So how is it that you now work with clients? What do you help people do? So essentially, I will take, you know, 
their business and their brand as a before it's got a visual presence. And I have the job of getting their business and their messaging to their ideal clients and their goals via a visual message. Mm-hmm. And that's how to start, basically, you know, and I create this cohesive and we use that word is thrown around a lot, but it's true that you know it creates this uh, visual presence that then you become recognizable. And that's the key. Let my clients, you know, use their words and use their products. I don't know. What do most people find the most challenging about kind of beginning that journey of creating a brand for themselves? What's the hardest thing at the start? I find a lot of people struggle with narrowing down on who exactly they're trying to target because of this fear of alienating others. Mm-hmm. I think it's a natural response to think, well, you know, the more people I talk to, isn't that better? But actually, that's not the case. Right. Well, and what do you find is the case? <laughs> but if you talk to everyone, and it's, when I say talk, I mean, you know, visually, if you end up, you know, talking to everyone, you're talking to no one because it's mismatched and, you know, people are just confused and you end up, you know, not getting recognised, not standing out properly at all. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I have definitely sat in that fear before of feeling like, well, if I take a stand, then it does make myself what it feels like it opens me up to being criticised or people deciding they don't like me or, or whatever. And so it's, I don't know, how does somebody move out of that fear and accept that who they are is is enough? What does that look like? I find that's, you know, it's a massive part of the mindset work that it's starting to become now more widely spoken about. But for a long time, I think it's been pushed away. It's like, yeah, mindset's important, but, but really, you know, people just want the marketing and the strategy. But it's such, that's really an important part of doing the mindset work however you'd like you know choose to do that either with a coach or by you know journaling or affirmations or all of them you know it's getting that solid kind of confidence in yourself and that's you know that's the real basis so the mindset part is definitely not to be discounted yeah I'm totally nodding so vigorously (laughs) on this side just because it is really hard and it's vulnerable because what so many of us feel like whatever that journey is, it's hard to accept it sometimes for ourselves, what our actual purpose or journey or path is. And then to put it out in front of other people means it's open for a lot of criticism or unwanted feedback. And so it's scary. I've done that. You know, I share a lot of my story on social media, my journey. And that is, you know, it's a part of sharing that it could invite those negative comments. But I try and counter that with, you know, by sharing my story, it can help people and that makes it worth it. You know, I have to look at it as I went through this really dark time and, you know, how can that now benefit the world, really? How can that benefit people? Because there's no point in just going through it for, you know, for the experience, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah, there's a tenderness then in like what you're putting it out there and sharing. Because I feel the same way about, my own thing. It's something that I definitely came to grips with around what it meant and how it happened and all that. Like, I think there's a lot of what yeah. processing that happens. And so mm-hmm. once you're through that phase, though, then it does become a question of 
well, what was this thing all about in my life? People have said to me after I've shared, um, they've said like they, once I explained why I was doing it, it gave them the courage to share their story, you know, because we often hide it away, but we need to let it out. Mm-hmm. And if we can see it as coming from a place of service and that it could help someone, that someone needs your message, it takes away some of that fear that can keep us shut in that box of, I can't say this, I can't say that. Yeah. And then once you've kind of faced that down, do you find that that opens the gates for your clients, if that is someone you're working with, to then be more self-confident in how they're presenting themselves on the business side? Yeah, I do. I think it all goes you know, hand in hand when you've got complete alignment in what you're doing. And you mm-hmm. can own all parts of you. Yeah, it completely, you know, I I don't think you can necessarily, when we're doing, you know, running businesses that are our passion, it's very difficult to separate out the person from the business person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, it does. Yes, it's, yeah. it so does. I mean, especially when it's a small business. Like, so I think, you know, I bet Martha Stewart is a very different position than like you or I, because really it is, I mean, at least in my business, it's just me. So (laughs) I kind of have to be fully aligned and listening and and figure out what I want and what I want to say. But yeah, I think what do we kind of get these very groomed personas from some of the more famous people that they make it look easy when in fact, it's probably not just them. I don't know if there's something in yeah. there that's kind of a, a misrepresentation that we get hung up on too. Yeah, I think that can really affect people because, and I'm not saying it's not possible, but you do see mm-hmm. a lot of the, you know, you can, you know, six figures with one webinar or something. And <laughs> it's not that it's not possible, but it puts this almost pressure on people so that they think, well, if I don't do it, then I'm a failure. And actually people who have done, you know, achieved amazing things have put in an awful lot of work that we don't necessarily see. <laughs> but I think it does create those unrealistic expectations sometimes yeah. um, that put pressure on ourselves and that can actually take us away from success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm, I like that you've said that a lot because it's also bringing in, while I was referencing somebody super famous, I think there's also those mid-range people that we might compare ourselves to in our own fields where we see, oh, wow, that person's done X, Y, or Z, but you're right. We're not necessarily considering what they did as a start or all of even the mindset work that you're talking Mm -hmm. about that they've done behind the scenes that now is also helping to fuel their ability to continue to put themselves out there in a different way. Exactly. It's part of the I think the advent of social media is yes, it's great you know, for business and what it's allowed us to do. You can put out anything you want. You don't know what's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that always a great question too, right? Like <laughs> it's all curated. So what of it is true and what of it is just an image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I posted a video because I thought, as I said, I'd talk about my journey and I posted a video of me working out and I was boxing and I, mm-hmm. you know, it was scary, you know, and I've done a lot of mindset work, but it was still scary to post. But, you know, that's real. That's me. And that's important that it gets out there. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? And it always feels like the things that are the most personal or that feel the closest to us feel the hardest to put out there. 
So in your work, I'm betting the people that work with you are so lucky because you have this breadth of like, you've done the personal work and you know what it takes, but you're also super comfortable and understand that it, it becomes uncomfortable for people. If somebody, again, another one of those is like, somebody's listening is like, okay, but where do I start? What would you suggest for them is a good place to begin working on a brand or on the visuals for their brand if they're not sure what to do? First thing I would always say is to get some concrete, sort of just write down, there's a lot of writing, but write mm-hmm. words, you know, your values really, you know, it has to, has to start there because that is going to be what's at the core of whether it is visual or whether you're using, you know, uh, writing and how you're putting your message across, how you say something. Um, so writing those values, what is really intrinsic to you? Um, because as you know, as we were saying, typically our businesses we run it essentially it's just us, <laughs> you know, and therefore you you really are, you know, what you're putting out there is you, your brand is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's part of it is it getting comfortable within the pieces. I don't know. Is there something timid about putting out some of those words sometimes about like, well, I really like joy, for example. I mean, it's not timid for me anymore, but, you know, is there that stepping into, yeah, that actually is what I want. And that actually is who I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a, you know, if it's something that isn't, not that it's out of the ordinary, but, you know, to do something a little bit different or to stay true to you is a massive, it is difficult. Um, I think naturally we want to conform. Right. Yeah. Mm, I love that tender space of like, okay, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm freaked out. <laughs> I've worked with a lot of podcasters that hit that space as well. Like, oh, this is less comfortable than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's usually at those times actually that you really know you're onto something mm-hmm. when you still do it but you do feel a bit uncomfortable you know it's yeah. always going to be stretching yourself in whatever way you know it comes about it is about just going that little bit further mm-hmm. yes I love that how can someone start to think about a visual representation of their brand you know, whether that be a logo or just kind of the kind of photography they want to use to represent themselves, like how does someone get started in that space once they may have developed or written out the few words that they feel resonate with them? Well, there's so many areas, as you say, but if we were looking, for example, at color, there's lots of ways in which, you know, using color with lots of guides that you can start to narrow down which palettes might work for you to convey you know those messages that or those values that you've written down if you are something if what you're putting out there is naturally quite I'm just thinking off the top of my head you know very light how should I put it if it's very feminine for example you're probably not going to use a very you know very dark and dramatic you know if you're more of a light feminine does that make sense so using like color in that way is, is a very key way of knowing, you know, which direction and what who is going to attract. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to photography as well, I mean, for me, it was really important to connect with the right photographer. Mm-hmm. So, and I really did, and you know, and my brand shoots have been have been amazing. And I'm not naturally you know, comfortable in front of the camera, 
So I think whoever, you know, if you decide to work with someone, it's important that there's that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know looking at people for my own headshots, I think one of the most important things for me in looking at that was like someone where people are in the pictures looked like they felt comfortable. Now, of course, I don't know if they actually did, but people look comfortable and happy. And I think one of my things, too, was that this lady or this woman that I worked with was she had an eye for light. It's a really hard thing and a nuance that's hard to like get. But <laughs> when I saw how she could use light, I was like, that's it. That's yeah, that's my that person. <laughs> I love the photography of you on your site. It is very soft and just beautiful. So yeah, I would say good job. Like you picked <laughs> a great person. Clearly that worked worked so well. Um, yeah, I've worked with her several times and it, it, having that connection is massive in in having you know a great result in whatever it is if you're working with a coach or a brand designer or photographer you know that's important to the outcome mm-hmm. yeah and I love that you've brought that up too because there's often like you initially even like intuitively maybe know like hey I feel a connection with this person and so I don't know at least for me I've kept looking when I don't have a sense you know when it's not immediate that I'm like yeah this person's awesome I think it's I'm going to give everyone permission keep looking if you're if you're not feeling it <laughs> keep moving yeah yeah <laughs> there's the right person out there for you and that will get you Exactly. Um, There's all, yeah, always the right person out there. And I believe they'll always be put in your path at the right time. Yes, they totally will. It's amazing how they show up. It's also amazing when it's someone that you've already known and you're like, oh, you're like, <laughs> like my web developer. I'm like, oh, wait, why? Why didn't I go to you first? Yeah. <laughs> how are you seeing joy play out in some of your design and your work more recently? I've worked with just some amazing women lately. Like, who, I mean, it's just every project is a joy to work on. And watching these women kind of blossom as their brand becomes something like their visual branding becomes something they can be proud of, it's such an experience. It is really cool to see that journey for people that they, you know, maybe they come and they don't quite understand what their branding should be, but I imagine that by the end... You probably have seen and also assisted a transformation both in marketing and branding, but in the person as a business as well. Yeah, definitely. It's what you're putting out there. You know, a lot of people come to me and they're kind of embarrassed about what their brand has, you know, its visual identity, what it looks like. And obviously that's not great energy to be putting out there. You know, <laughs> So uh, it is wonderful to see that transformation in people and to just, to make them happy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. I, oh, I like that a lot. And yeah, and that just seems like such a deeper service. That's a very interesting space to be in and be a part of that change or shift for someone. Have they come back to you and had any interesting stories about what changed after they worked with you? Yeah, I've had winning suppliers who have then gone on to be featured on, on websites and actually be listed where previously they'd been turned down because their visual brand identity was just not aligned. Mm-hmm. So they've now become listed. And, you know, I've had clients that say just from their coming soon page, they've had like three bookings. And I think that's that's not just 
my work you know I'm not saying yeah it's all me I think it's, it's also the confidence that what I've done for their their visual identity what that brings about in them and the belief they have in what they can achieve right yes and probably the confidence to put themselves out there either exactly. more or in a different way I mean there's probably something in people when they get to the point where they say you know what I think I need help with this piece I'm not, I don't feel like this is my best representation but I don't know what to do and so that's an interesting like that's a vulnerable space to be as well so I think it is you know when people trust me to be doing you know it is a massive privilege because our businesses and I say this collectively that they're our babies you know and to trust someone else is it's a big thing so true yes and I love that that's part of how you see it, too, because, I mean, it is like, OK, I don't really want to let go of this thing too much. But here, yeah, that's a sweet little space as well. Yeah. What a neat business. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, as we're rounding the corner kind of on the 40 minute mark, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add before we get into where people can find you? Is there other pieces of your work that you love and you want to share? I think what I said this to one of my assistants at one point that what really brings me a lot of joy in my in my work is I get to combine that creative side that I mentioned at the very start mm-hmm. with the academic part of me, which loves algebra. <laughs> I love solving equations. I did when I was at school, and I find that what I'm doing is a massive. It's just an equation but I get to solve it creatively. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that. It, and it's such a good fit, you know, that you found that space. That's just, that is worth celebrating as well. I love it when people find the thing and then, or the things, whatever, but <laughs> when they're so happy. <laughs> well, wonderful. If people want to find out more about you or want to work with you, where would they find you? They can find me at uh, verityroad.co. Wonderful. And I will have a link to that in the show notes. And then there are all the links to my social media. And it'd be great to see some of the listeners come and uh, and join in. Yes. Yes. Well, great. Well, let's get to the last couple of questions. What does balance look like for you day to day? Or as other people like to answer this question, how do you maintain harmony in your life? That has been something I've struggled with a lot, but I've managed to to look at my day and what works for me. So I'm very productive in the morning. So the morning is my work time. And then I will make sure that the afternoon and early evening are devoted to, say, you know, other parts of my life that need attention. And then I kind of say we'll divide up other time as to whether I go back to work in the evenings. But basically I I found what works for me. And it may not be orthodox, you know, I don't work a straight nine to five, but that's, you know, that's how I strike the balance because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all our own bosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, and I really like this that you're saying here because I know having worked with quite a few entrepreneurs myself, there's often a lot of shoulds that even go into what your day should look like, right? Like, yeah. But you should sit down and write a blog post on Mondays or <laughs> whatever it is. But it sounds like you're open for it to be a little more fluid and a little more yeah. of what works for you. Yeah, I tried that way and it, it didn't really work for me. 
<laughs> no, it's usually painful. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't usually underline things in that question, but I just love that you've pointed that out because I see a pattern of it as well. And last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? I would say a big thing for me is actually gratitude. So gratitude lists are brilliant for flipping your perspective when you're actually feeling the opposite of joy and looking at what you do have to be you know, happy about. Mm-hmm. Another thing, definitely doing something for someone else and it's actually so much more rewarding than you might think. I'm not expecting the kind of praise for it. And the third one I would say is pursue what makes you happy. You know, mm-hmm. no excuses about what you should do or what you think other people want you to do. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love all three. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. This has just been lovely and it's been a real treat to get to talk to you today. Thank you very much. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your courage and your huge heart with everyone. It's such an honor to learn about your journey and inspiring to hear about how you've taken your own learnings as inspiration to work with others. If you want to learn more about Sarah, you can find her at Verity Road, which is V-E-R-I-T-Y road.co or at girluntold.com. And if you want to see a bunch of those links all just in one place, you can find more on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 96. Next week on the podcast, I'm so excited to have another graphic designer. Mandy Ford is going to join me to share about how she returned to design and drawing after drifting away from it for many years. She's been blogging for 11 years and she is the mother of twin boys. And I just adore hearing about how joy has played a part in her journey. She and I just click on so many levels. And I know you'll really enjoy our energetic and inspiring discussion. I hope that you'll come back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.